Well, Lisa, so happy to be here recording this episode. Yeah. Oh, bad, Jar Jar. The ability to speak does make us intelligent. Oh my gosh. Listen, uh, hello and welcome to the hey. movie. Podcast. Hey, how you doing? Ha. Uh, We're the B team. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Meet M- Misa Brady, <laughs> Misa Carl, and um, I always knew it. Misa, so happy to be seeing you. Sir. I always knew it. I knew. I knew Jar Jar would would come in and save the day. Uh, you know, know what? How. We're poking fun, but I'm really happy for Edmund Best. I absolutely am too, but there's another layer to this that I don't think you will have considered that I that we that we'll reach we'll touch on when we get uh, there. I, I I may have not on my. Okay. I don't think I, I I think I know where you're going here, based on uh, our this very brief segment of our conversation. Okay, but I, uh, I didn't get there on my own. I got there through uh break my breakdown videos that I like to watch. Okay cheated okay sounds good (laughs) so season three episode four of the mandalorian yes um the founding yeah the foundling a back to a a, just once again proving that um someone over at lucasfilm doesn't know what's what because we're back to a after a 53 minute episode last week (laughs) we have a 25 minute episode what the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on. What in the who's, actual who's hell? making decisions over there? John, it's half, it's John, half the Dave, length. what is going on? <laughs> it's actually half the length. Yeah. Oh, it didn't. It didn't feel. I didn't feel like it felt that short. Oh, so I feel short. like they got a lot in in that amount of time. It's so short. Oh, okay, so. Yeah, so we're we're back on Tatooine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that that'll be the running gag for all Star Wars episodes. Three so episodes. this episode takes place back on Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> this um, entire I galaxy got, to explore, and we're on Tatooine. I've got some just. I got some gripes. I it, what I will say right off the bat is that this is the first episode of season three that felt like a Mandalorian episode from season one or two. Mm. Like I, I felt like, okay, we're back. Not necessarily like, I'm not saying this is like my favorite episode of this season. I'm not, I'm not going to spill that, that egg. That's not a saying. I'm not going to give that. I'm not going to show my hand yet, but it did feel very reminiscent of the Mandalorian that that we've known to come that we've come to know and love. So that there's something, hmm. but it seems like we're going all in on this stupid cult that is the sect of Mandalore. You know, you keep hating on them, but they're pretty nice people. They got some. Yeah, they got some pretty but, weird rules, but they're you know I'd hang out with them. I'd have a beer. They might not take their helmet off for me. Actually, I, they won't. I <laughs> was so, I was so ready to like come through my my TV screen and start punching, like banging some heads together. When 
when they're like when it became apparent to me that they're about to put Mandalorian armor on Grogu, I was like, "Don't you dare! <laughs> Don't you corrupt this sweet, innocent little creature, you son of a gun!" What do you mean? Exactly he's already in in part of the team. He's already yeah, part I of know, the, but then and then the Bogatan. I thought she was gonna be like my one tie to common sense to like she'd like <laughs> broken free from it. She was doing all right. You know, I said it before. I say it again. She's lost, dude. And like, she's, she's found a place where people accept her, even though she's thinks they're stupid. And like, they, they like, let's be, let's be real here. This, um, group of Mandalorians know exactly who she is. Mm -hmm. They know that, she takes her helmet off frequently and looks down on them. Yeah. She and did. when she used to, when she came back with Din and they, the armor asked her, have you taken your helmet off? No. Okay. You are then also redeemed and welcome to be part of us and what, who we are. And yeah, they yes. all start like patting her on the back and saying, Hey, welcome to the fam. You know, like, she hasn't had that in a very, very long time. Welcome to Jonestown. <laughs> we're gonna, we're all gonna drink the Kool Aid on Saturday at four. No, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joking aside, they're not that bad. Like they're very like family focused. Like like they taking they're they're good people. They just don't yeah, take their but, helmets okay, off. I'm sorry. The family focused, listen, the one thing, the one thing that, you know, pretty much every counselor, psychologist or what, you know, whatever will agree out there that a crucial time, a crucial time for a family, a time that culturally has always built community is when you sit down together and you break bread, <laughs> have meals together. It's important. It's important not only in your friendships, it's important in your relationships, it's important in family. You eat together. How do we how, how how do you how do you eat when other people are around? We don't. <laughs> we go off and we find a cave that we can sit in and eat our ration alone. And then because you get to stay, because this is the way, you get to stay by the fire and eat. We'll we'll find a rock. We'll approach cautiously from a rock, and we'll call out before returning to the fight. It's just going to be a big guessing game. We don't know when we can come back because we don't know when you've put your helmet back on. Well, I'm sure they would call out, "Hey, I'm, I'm coming back. Do you got put your helmet on?" They're probably they're not like they're not going to like. Ha! I caught you with your helmet off. You got to go so redeem yourself again. Stupid. So <laughs> stupid. How does this race not die off? Are they having? Are they? Are they making love? Are they procreating with with helmets I, on? Okay. Here's the thing. This is the thing I love about this season specifically. Uh-huh. Is is the lore building around Mandalore and Mandalorian culture. Mm-hmm. Which had been done extensively in Legends content pre-Disney purchase. And then was lost to us when Disney bought it. I mean, it still kind of exists, but it, okay. it's not, it's not canon, right? I'm listening. 
we're starting yeah. to get some okay. of that back with this. So, yeah, you're asking these kind of like hypothetical questions and we're not getting answers. Um, be, but I mean, they'll come. You just got to kind of give them the benefit of like, I'm sure there's some kind of rule or, or, or uh caveat to the rule exception to the rule that says, you know, like if you marry, you can take your helmet off in front of your spouse. Like that seems a little silly that you can't do that. I, well, I don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Right. That's the thing. We, we don't know. And just because we don't know, doesn't mean that you get to, I don't think gives you license to say that they can't because they, they could just, as oh, no, I know. Could. I know. I, no, I absolutely. I've just, right. I'm just envisioning a honey. I'd really like to be able to kiss you. This is the yeah. way, <laughs> which <laughs> like, maybe, you know, maybe a Mandalorian culture, be they don't kiss. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, um, yeah. They, and the other thing is they yeah, like they are a, a, a separate group. There are, there, there are a group of Mandalorians that adhere to, uh, the way of the Mandalore very religiously and others don't. Right. So I don't know, maybe, yeah, like I don't know, like I, I think it's great stuff. You know, like uh -huh. we find, we finally find out how do they eat around each other? Well, they, they, they go find a corner where nobody's watching and they take their helmet off and then they come back. That's like the depressing bunch of savages <laughs> that they are. Ah, but like, man, now, this, I get, this episode, I get we're just, we're, you're, you're we're sitting you're on opposite on sides it, of the stadium wearing different team colors but, is what it boils down to. You, yeah. It's, it's fun to hate on. It is, it is a little silly. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to say it's not. Um, but like, we get to see the kind of like everyday life of this band of Mandalorians, right? Like yeah. right in the open, like wake up. What do we do? Well, we're, we're futuristic Spartan warriors. We live, breed and, and eat fighting. Mm -hmm. So what are they doing during the day? Fighting, shooting rockets and lasers at water and <laughs> rocks and, yeah and shooting each other with paintball guns and <laughs> like yeah apparently. beating each other up is like really cool yeah um so let's talk about let's talk about the grogu stuff uh we get our we, we do we so we had re actually talked about on the news show that this season we were going to find out w who the jedi was that rescued grogu from the jedi temple during order 66 we're going to start in the middle of the episode. Is that what we're doing? Uh, do you want to you want to work through it? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think the the little the duel he has is okay. Like, uh, I was just you I, you know, yeah, okay. Let's yeah, go. Let's start with the duel. All right, like that's the first kind of big moment of the episode. Mm -hmm. Big Papa Mando picks up yeah. Grogu and says, "All right, it's time for you to start your training, Re become a real boy." <laughs> yeah. Uh, fight fight I, this fight this guy it's three times your size i i would say it was cool to i have two thoughts one it was cool to see grogu kick this kid's ass yeah um Humble it kind of seemed like i don't fully understand the rules of this duel because it seemed like each time this kid 
took one shot at Grogu, instantly that round ended and a point was awarded. And then Grogu just like has like an electric trigger and is able to pop, pop, pop. <laughs> yeah. All in one round. So I, that seemed like cheating to me. Um, but I will say, like, Grogu has been a practical effect, right? Grogu is a mix between puppetry and animatronics and, and whatever else. Yeah. And that's uh-huh. gone a really long way to a very believable feeling creature mm-hmm. that, that there hasn't been a reliance on CGI. Absolutely. I think that this sequence gets the blend wrong though, because something about Grogu's movement through the air felt very inorganic to me. Oh, it yeah. felt like, it could have used some CGI supplementation and instead it felt like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to stick this Grogu puppet on a pole and the guy holding the pole will be in a green morph suit and we'll paint the pole green so we can remove the pole afterwards. And you just kind of have to like puppetry. Like it, it, it was, it was obvious that they moved that physical object, whether it was wires whether it was poles, whether it was, you know, someone picked it up and hucked it. I don't know. It was very obvious that they had moved the through the air and that that's what we were seeing. And it just looked that way. It looked like a lifeless puppet moving in a strange way through the air versus an organic being. Yeah. I think part of the problem with this is Grogu's attire as well. So even yeah, if even if you CGI sure. it to make it try and make it look as real as possible, you're still dealing with a head in a potato sack. Yeah. Right? yeah there's true. no there's no range of motion to to track with your eye. You're just seeing a bag with a green ball on top fly in the air one way and then fly back. It's it's there's no like arms bend and, and legs bend kind of stretching down and then reaching up as he jumps to do it, do a flip over and then doing that again to do a back flip back. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And then even like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I also yeah. thought the, the <laughs> giving him the, putting the little paintball wrist rockets on him. I thought that, how is that even going to fit? Like, the thing is the size of him. Yep. How does this work? <laughs> mm-hmm. It, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it just felt th- the sequence as cool as it was from an idea standpoint, from a, from a from storytelling narrative standpoint, yeah. it felt like it was executed in a pretty sloppy way. Yeah. Narratively, it was beautiful kind of showed Mando's belief in him, the mm-hmm. whole moment with Grogu and um, Bo-Katan, kind of Grogu's kind of like nervous and scared and Bo-Katan's just like, don't worry, he's 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 pushing you this hard because he's proud of you. My dad's the same way. Yeah. And, you know, it was like the whole scene narratively was great, but it didn't pay off cinematically at all. 
No, yeah. no. Uh, and I'm glad you agree because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, this, what the hell was that? Yeah, what absolutely. did I just watch? I was, I was a little, uh, taken out of the moment, but by, by the physical uh, cinematography yeah. of it, but the, yeah, the narrativeness of it is the only thing that pushed it through. And it's weird to me. It's weird to me <sighs> that they would, they would like, it's weird to me when stuff like that gets through because surely you're, even if you're just looking at dailies or you like whatever, you must know that that didn't work visually. Yeah. Surely some extra on set is kind of like, really, we're going to use that. That looks bad. (laughs) Yeah. Or even just in like the post-production process. Like if someone's like, you know, Hey, I think we could add a little motion blur or we could like change the angle a little bit so that, you know, so that we could do like a half-ass CGI job on them and you won't see enough detail to make it look janky. But I think we should digitally remove this puppet and do it with CGI because because it just looks yeah. odd. Yep. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I like the whole, um, <laughs> the whole interaction with, uh, oh, what did, what's the name of the boy? Um, I can't remember now. I don't know. It's, the it's, loser. It's Vizsla's son. Anyway, we find out later. He like, he's like, you can't fight me. He doesn't have a helmet. He doesn't need a helmet. He, he's, he can't take, he's the, not old enough to say the, not, yeah. can't speak. And yeah. anyway, he's more than capable. And she's, he's, she keeps bad mouthing him. And then, um, Din Djarin's just like, well, maybe you're the one that needs the lesson here. One doesn't, one shouldn't speak unless yeah. they know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets his butt yes. kicked and Which his daddy's cool like, line. one shouldn't speak unless one knows, go think about why you lost. <laughs> yeah. And that was a cool, like, that was the first time that I heard a piece of like, you know, it sounded like Mandalorian, like wisdom, proverb, scripture or wisdom or, you know, whatever that I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah. So shortly after that, he gets taken and Grogu ends up, Spending some time with the armor, and then we yeah, get, so which is, this is, is yeah, like this is kind of I don't think they've done this before. Uh, where because anytime Din has spent time with the armor, I guess they did do it a little bit in season one, uh, with some of the flashbacks when he was a kid, but I don't were those i can't it's been so long since i've seen them i'm not even sure if they were during the armorer scenes but yeah whole the, yeah they, i don't know w- even if it's just within this episode that they did it they like they they kind of create this kind of spiritualness about being present while your armor is being made and the armor kind of talks about how here with telling grogu like you know t- we we forge the armor and the armor we we, we become forged as well through the process of combat and yada, yada. And it's kind of like through this process, there's kind of like a spiritual cleansing that happens while you wait and watch your armor being forged. And then we get this flashback to uh, Grogu at the temple and he kind of works through the trauma as he watches his armor being forged, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. I, th- I thought that the whole setup, and we get this payoff again later with, uh, with Bo-Katan a little bit. Yeah, I right. thought it was really cool. So this was the moment. Yep. This is when we find this out. This was the moment. 
where they actually and they did like a little bit this grogu did seem younger was like smaller and even oh, yeah. less able to you know be in control of his own faculties but uh yeah so we see order 66 happening which i always love i've talked about that's like one of my favorite story plot points to kind of delve into and and deal with um so anytime we get any sort of representation of that on screen i'm all for it i get real excited and the elevator door opens and there in front of us is jar jar or rather the it, actor who played jar jar essentially and i agree i'm so happy for Ahmed best because he did not deserve any of the hate that he got for no. his jar jar character listen i'm not i'm i dislike jar jar as much as the next person 100% um but that wasn't that wasn't ahmed best's fault no he's just he showed up and he did what he was told to do and and that's the role he played yeah. and he didn't design the character he didn't come up with it and so yeah i it was good it was cool this is actually i don't know if you know this this character this isn't the first time like th this wasn't a character that was created for the mandalorian no it's a tv show character or something like that yeah it was like a game show or something yeah it was like not a canonical appearance before, but they've now brought him back in this role as a canonical character. So that was fun. That was fun. And um, so when I say that, when I say that Jar Jar saved the day, I don't necessarily mean that like the hyperbole that I think a lot of people are assuming I mean it by. I, I do believe that Jar Jar Binks is in this episode. Is yeah. this where you, is this, this is the thing where you thought I was going to go yeah. to? Yeah. I'll, I'll, so, I'll, I'll, I'll let you say it and then I'll kind of allude to what, what I know of it and my thoughts. So, yeah. so very clearly when Ahmed Best's character, and there's a fun little action sequence we get, like trying to get him away and smuggle him out and get him to safety. Um, a little janky and cartoony feeling at times, but it was still, it was fun. And the ultimate safety point for Grogu is very, very clearly a Naboo ship. Yes. Yeah. I picked and, up on that right away. And so let's <clears throat> do the math here. Who do we know that would be on Coruscant that hails from Naboo and would have a craft that like it and and is an important enough figure politically because Jar Jar is a senator but at this point would have a craft there to get him the hell out of Dodge during such a Jedi Temple incursion. Jar Jar. I mean, it's not Padme. It's not Jar Jar. It's, it's it's uh, the only other really prominent Naboo figure outside of Jar Jar is the Emperor. <laughs> so, <I> yeah, mean. <laughs> and and that's clear. And clearly, that's not the Emperor's ship. The Emperor is not getting on that ship and leaving. <laughs> yeah. So, 
yeah, so you have the three the three notable people that we know of on the planet at the time is Jar Jar, Padme, who's passed away, and the Emperor. The only other conceivable option would be that for some reason um the the new queen who we do see in the prequels the queen that took over after padme for some reason the queen was on coruscant at the time and that's her getting the hell out of dodge but even if that's the case i'm willing to bet the jar jar still on that ship because you would take the senator you know like okay this is this is the refugees from naboo leaving yeah so the, the highly, I'm pretty not sure really refugees, the prominent figures of Naboo leaving. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah, they're refugeeing out of Coruscant, right? <clears throat> they're getting the hell out of there. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I fully believe that there's a conversation happening on that ship that is, is, you know, Misa Jaja Binks is so happy to, <laughs> happy to be meeting you, Grogu, or, yeah. you know, like whatever. So, Ahmed Best, Jar Jar Binks, rescues Grogu, passes Grogu off to actual Jar Jar Binks, and and that's kind of the end of that sequence. And this is interesting, though, because A, my two questions are, A, are we going to see Naboo? Like, is, is so I, I assumedly the destination of that ship is Naboo, so Grogu's on his way to Naboo. And so it'll be interesting to see how Naboo potentially ties into that story, the story, the background of, of Grogu. And two, does, does Lucasfilm have it in them? Would they dare put Jar Jar Binks on screen? Like if we get another flashback that kind of continues this backstory and and the Gungans are there, you know, whatever. I think there is a third, the third thing to consider is here is, is like, do people care? Do you, do you care that much? And for do, do we really need it <laughs> as well? Like, no, but we haven't needed most of the member berries that we've gotten. No, it, but this is more of a, um, how, how does that sir? This is more of a question of like, do we need it as in, will this and how does or how does that serve the the story being told well it depends entirely on what Krogu's story is exactly yeah maybe it's very so important to it if if his reluctance to use the force is purely based on the trauma of the moment we've seen and from that point forward there's like there's going to be other traumas obviously because he's being held by gangsters or pirates when we first meet him but like getting from that from from the time we last see him on the naboo fighter to the time mando meets him the how much of that story there actually services him becoming a mandalorian well so but then i would i would flip that back and pose it to you even further of ultimately how crucial is what we saw right he's he's got a reluctance to use the force well i mean any force sense like in the world that they've been living in any force sensitive being has got a strong reluctance to use the force 
that's been a good way to get yourself hunted down and killed. And so, and you know, we, we knew that Grogu was probably at the temple or was at the temple at the time of the, the order 66. But did we need to see who it was that got him out? What does that like, unless yeah. we're going to revisit this again, what did it matter who got him out? And so I would, I would argue that they are going that they're going to continue to delve into the background of Grogu because they've already started. And so unless it's important, then they've already shown us like then then all of the flashbacks in this episode ultimately don't really matter. Right. Well, yeah, I think I can agree with that logic. I will, I would say past the point we've seen, I don't know how much more we actually do need. I would argue for the same reason we don't know and don't see, need more information on um, Din Djarin's background. We saw some flashbacks. Season one delved into a lot of his back, his story of how he became a foundling, right? Right. Beginning of this, near the beginning of the season, all we saw were kind of glimpses of him, glimpses of him hiding in a dark, small space and a big scary droid killing people and coming for him. By the end of the season, we see that a Mandalorian kills the droid and rescues him. And it's presumed that that Mandalorian is his foundlings, foundling father, his ward, his protector, his father, the same way Din is to Grogu. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The yeah. same arguments you're making yeah. for Grogu could be made for well, why don't we why aren't we diving into who Din Djarin's father is, his his Mandalorian father, right? Like that that could be interesting story as well. But yeah. that doesn't I, again, serve it, it doesn't depends. serve the narrative moving forward. Well, but we don't know that, right? Like it it, it ultimately it all depends on whatever story <clears throat> they're yeah decide they're going to try to tell us, but. From what from what we've seen of the story they're telling, present day quote unquote story, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's 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 been about uh, Din's redemption, check boxed done, and what seems to be because the because and I, I say this primarily because the dark saber is so prominent. It seems to be about kind of the the larger redemption and unification of the Mandalorian people and the culture. And I don't see how the back, the, 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 that kind of diving deeper into the story of how Grogu got to where he was benefits that let alone Din Djarin's Mando daddy. Yeah. I, I would say the only thing that I could see being like that we may need to see something the moment that the empire becomes aware of Grogu's existence right because Grogu is an important character because of Grogu's DNA and so there needs to be a moment when that witch hunt begins and so that might be the only other thing really worth showing us. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, then we get a big ugly beast. 
and we we see um, Grogu gets his little medallion with the yeah, it's stupid. You don't want to see him in armor, but if you like, just for a quick minute here, Google Grogu full Mando armor. No, this is gonna be dumb. Oh man, this little stuff looks so cool. I would, yeah, this. No, see, it's dumb. No, this is cool. This one specifically, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forward you this one. How would you even get your ears into that? Huh? How would he even like? It's he's gonna have to bend his ears even to get them into that helmet. Uh, If you if you Google the exactly what I googled, do you see one, two, three? It's the fourth one on the top. Where he's, if you click uh-huh. on it, his ears are somewhat exposed, but they also have some armor. Like they slide yeah. on. That one looks yeah. really cool. He's holding the dark it, saber. Yeah. That looks so but, cool. Uh, no. I mean, he's fully grown, which is way different. Yeah. But it's, no. Oh, man. That'd be so cool. I would, no, no. I'd buy that. I, I, yep. Man. Yeah. Mando Grogu. Yeah. I'm all about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, they're not going to do it anytime soon because one, he hasn't even spoken a word yet, <laughs> but no, also two, gonna, I mean, you're that, have to be a that, massive time jump that cute, or this show is going to have to run for 15 seasons. Yeah. But also that cute little face is like, is like a moneymaker for Disney right now. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. But. Uh, we see the first instance of a, a you know, okay. Apparently, all at once, all at once, our jetpacks ran out of fuel. Well, they're not—they're not made for sustained flight. <laughs> well, no, but we've seen them do more than this. Well, okay, okay. One, they're not made for sustained flight. Two, uh-huh. if they're assuming they were all full when they left, they're all yeah. pretty mm-hmm. much the same size jetpacks. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I was just—they didn't impeccable all run out at the timing. same time. They ran out at different pretty- times. Pretty darn close. And the stupidest line in this episode for me is, ah, it always gets away. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. How many times has this happened? And you haven't devised a different, like. <laughs> More than once. <laughs> did you, did you, did you, you just, is this the same tactic where your jetpack, where your, ah, jetpack runs out of fuel every time? Yeah. Son of a gun. Why somebody like, isn't in just... or has a starfighter close by for them to uh, uh, do what uh, Bo-Katan had the good sense to do. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it does seem a little, after the first one, after the first time and you chase it in jetpacks and it gets away, you would mm-hmm. think that uh, they would smarten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we decide that we're all going to, we, enough is enough. <clears throat> we have to track this beast down and kill it. Okay. And so they hop in their ship and they go, right? And then they're they have their cooking a rat over the fire, cowboy cookies, wild wild west campfire scene. And that's when we get our no, we don't eat together. We don't. We can't. We mustn't. Mm-hmm. You get to stay by the fire because you're the war general. This is the way. Yes. <laughs> you're in charge. You get the honor. That makes perfect so, sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So so that happens. It's fine. It's whatever. It's an interesting scene. Things start to get weird for me when 
it's like, okay, the reason we're not going to take our jetpacks up this ridiculous cliff is because stealth is our best option. They give a reason. What? They give a reason. Yeah, it's okay. So, yeah, because stealth is our best option, right? To give a reason why stealth is their best option, though. Right. No, I know. I know. But it still doesn't make any sense to me because surely these grappling hooks going up and piercing into the rock, like that's not, this is not a silent maneuver that you're, that you're doing. And so arguably these grappling hooks, like using your grappling hook is arguably still also going to alert this beast to your presence. But now you've got a 40 minute climb up the side of this cliff as opposed to, okay, we're going to use our jetpacks. It's going to know that we're here, but we've still got the element of surprise. We're going to be up there in like 20 seconds and then boom, 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 let's go. So instead, let's shoot these grappling hooks up. They're going to be loud. It's metal hitting rock and hooking onto rock. And, you know, the fact that they, that nobody has to try to shoot it a couple of times in order to hook a rock tells me that it's actually penetrating and piercing into the rock, that, it, that this is like a flawless thing every time. And so that's going to be loud. And now, after we've probably alerted it, we're going to exert all of our energy climbing up the side of this thing so that by the time we get to the top, we're huffing and puffing and sore and achy and tired and could use a rest. You would be sore and achy because you are not Mandalorian. Oh, they're huffing and puffing. (laughs) You can hear it. They're like, huh, Right, and so especially John Favreau's character, the big, the beefy guy. You know, John Favreau's not climbing up the side of the thing <laughs> without you know. And so they get up there, and I'm like, okay, now you're all tired. I don't know how your grappling hooks didn't alert this beast. And now, and like now, what? I should just jetpack up. Okay, just jetpack up. Are you? You still haven't said why they like? Do you? Are you? Did you miss it, or are you just purposely not saying why why they need to be stealthy? I'm purposely not saying it because I don't think it makes a difference. Well, if the whole thing is a rescue mission, then you yeah. want to be as quiet as, and you know that if it if it knows danger is close, it's going to kill its its prey. Yes. But I think they're just as likely to have tipped it off with these grappling hooks and then what? had a long delayed time between tipping it off and the start of the attack. <clears throat> Even if those grappling hooks are making a decent amount of noise, they're still going to be miles and miles quieter than eight or ten jetpacks firing up and rocketing up the side of the it just seemed like a gamble because what if what if you tip it off and then now you have to climb up now the kid's dead yeah but i don't know i would have risked it i don't know i would have risked the jetpacks they they made their decision and their gamble paid off maybe your gamble would have maybe it wouldn't have so they get up there they save the kid and then the dumbest moment the, the reason that just really cemented my hatred for this stupid cult happens thank you for saving my child thank you for saving my child thank you 
it's because of you that my child is alive and we're together. And instead of, of course, or you're welcome, or, or any of, like, something that would really have this be a nice, heartwarming, bonding moment, Din just looks at him and goes, this is the way. And I'm like, come on. What? <laughs> How can you hate on that? I hate it. I hate it. Man. I hate it. Because it's just like, it's just like, it, it, because it's what they say for everything. Like, it just it wasn't like this personal human connection moment. It was like, not I saved your child. I saved your child because this is the way. I saved your child because of the creed. I didn't save your child because I'm a decent human being deep down. I didn't save your child because it was the right thing to do. I saved your child because this is the way. I saved your child for the same reason I don't take my helmet off, because this is the way. I saved your child for the same reason I've never shared a meal with another human being, because this is the way. And I just, I was like, uh, I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of this being the way. Man, you're being so cynical with this season. I am. Man. I am. Because I hate it. Because I hated the because I because I have always felt like in the first two seasons I had felt this Mandalorian cult as 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 being painted as just that. It was this like thing that has been holding Din back, and 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 this thing that Bo-Katan had had broken free from. And that he was going to learn from Bo-Katan. And that the moments in which he did have to take his helmet off, whether it was for, you know, whatever, the moment when he takes his helmet off and, and because here's the problem, the moment when he takes his helmet off at the end of season two and he shares that, that bond with Grogu and he like, you know, he winces a little bit. He's, he's uncomfortable when Grogu reaches out to touch him because nobody's ever done that. When you're watching it within the context of season two, that's a real moment of growth. That is character arc. That is that is progression of Din's character. Season three will have you believe that that really cute character growth moment, that was an F up. That should not have happened. That was not okay. Because that is not the way. <laughs> and so I'm just like, to see such an emphasis put on this thing that has been painted as the antithesis of our character's growth to now have that be the focus and not only see him delved back into it, but see Bo-Katan now getting sucked into it and Grogu's wearing the stupid Beskar. I, I'm just like, it, it, it's it's frustrating to me mm. because it, it was in the past, every moment that has been in rejection of this creed has been a character growth moment. And so now it feels like we're undoing that and we're saying that all of those character growth moments were despicable. I don't know. And so that's why I'm holding out hope and I believe that all that this is a, a, a ugly speed bump and that we're going to break free from this because otherwise all of the character growth in the first two seasons, they become meaningless. They become mess ups. Hmm. <clears throat> it's 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 an interesting point, isn't it? Uh yeah, I can't it's it's hard it's a hard point to argue with. Um for sure. 
Because I, I can't, yeah, it's definite. Yeah. <laughs> it's all character growth, like you're saying. Um, But I'm trying to wrangle in my that mind. Grogu helmet moment. What I'm trying to wrangle in my mind is why it can't be both. Right. Like, why can't he have that? Why is it impossible for the character of Din Djarin to have that incredible character progression, but still want to and be allowed to hold true to his beliefs and and values in the creed? Because the first two episodes <clears throat> of the season have been all about him undoing what he did. And 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 now in the mindset, like if if Din sticks in the mindset that he's in, then ultimately the message is, yes, Grogu, you touched my face. You can never see me again. I will not make that mistake again. Mm. I've had to go and redeem myself, and it was a pain in the ass, and I'm I so it will never happen again. And it's just like it, it makes it this like it makes the 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 love between Grogu, the connection between Grogu and Din feel like this forbidden connection. And it's just like it just sucks. It 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 like you know, it 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 dehumanizes Din. The humanizing moment of him taking his helmet off and and sharing that connection and like the tears almost welling up in Din's eyes. And you're like, this is this is incredible. This is, you know, this is, we're headed in this direction where like Din now has his helmet off and Grogu's gonna be a Jedi, and and Din has this group, Bo-Katan's group that that he's he's found brotherhood in. He's found, you know, this this version of him that he didn't know he could be because all he's ever known is this creed. He didn't know that that he could be this. He he had he had believed he had been indoctrinated into believing that people like Bo Katan and her group were were bad, that they shouldn't be doing this, that that it's not okay. And he's come around to not feel that way. He's been inspired by them. And then and then you know two episodes happen in in Boba Fett, so you better have gone to watch that bad show and then now and then now we're in season three and it's like it's it's this total flip of the script where he's he's not only being sucked back into this indoctrination but he's bringing Bo-Katan down with him Mm. and so that's why and I don't I which is why I believe like I think it's I think the show I think Dave Filoni I think Favreau are smarter than this and so I don't think that it, that that's why I believe that deep down, whether it's the end of this season or it's sometime next season or whatever it is, I believe that we will see a return to that light. That <clears throat> other Mandalorians from this sect will also begin to take their helmets off. Yeah, I feel like... And, 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 and the reason I think that too is this is like a toy leak thing. So that big, I don't know his name, but like the big brooding... Mandalorian, the the the, bra, the Dave Batista sized one, right, is voiced by John Favreau. That is John Favreau's injection of himself into this property he was. so far. He was. He's not. He's not but, in this season. But we saw a toy released 
like one of the, it's not like a hot toys or whatever. It's just one of the Walmart toys. And it's not a leak because it's like, oh, it's going to come out. It's out. It's on store shelves. You can go get it. And it's that character with his helmet off in the likeness of Jon Favreau. And so I believe that not only will other Mandalorians start to take their helmet off, that we will start to break down the indoctrination, that w- that they'll find a balance. They'll break down some of this archaic, old tradition. And that we will see that character's helmet off, and I believe we'll see Jon Favreau in that role. Because Jon Favreau's known for, he's like, he pops up in all of his own shit, right? He was Happy Hogan in, yeah. in so, Iron Man. He... Um, the big, um, nail in the coffin of, of that theory is that he's not voicing Paz Vizsla anymore. Yeah. But I, I season three, he's voiced by somebody completely different. He's voiced by the person who's actually playing. Like he's been voicing Paz Vizsla for season one and two. And for both, I think maybe even for Boba Fett. It might might have switched at Boba Fett. But but he's never been in the suit. It's never been him. No, I know he's never been in the suit. The, so the person who's been much acting Paz Vizsla, either either it started in but for Mandalorian season three for sure anyway, is now being voiced by the the person acting him. The physical actor. So if they do a face reveal for Paz Vizsla, it's not gonna be John Favreau. Oh, it still might because no, it's Hollywood. It, I guarantee we can do anything we want. That that was that was like a one-time toy deal thing, as far as I understand it. But why? But then why release it in conjunction with season three? That toy. That toy was yeah. released a while ago. It wasn't released in conjunction with season three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. But I, the only way I see this this working, where he he kind of takes his helmet off again, Din Djarin, um, is if he or Bo-Katan become Mandalore, claim the title of Mandalore. This group follows them, and other Mandalorians join the ranks, and kind of you get this kind of redemption of the culture and the people. And the whole creed of the Mandalorian creed that they're following was laid out by Mandalore, the last Mandalore, the last leader that claimed the title of Mandalore. And so, you know, therefore, the only person that could change or alter the creed would be another person claiming that title in full. Well, then I think that's what has to happen. So, and I, I, I honestly feel like that's where it's been going. Yeah, that Din Djarin, and I, and I do. I think he'll Din tear down some of those will old be Mandalore. Yeah, I mean Boba Fett would be a cool Mandalore too, and I think a lot of fans would really dig on that. Especially since at the end of Book of Fett, he's just kind of he felt kind of meh about ruling um, one planet. Or just, or rather, uh, Tatooine in general. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, but I think that's the only way it would go, would work. I, I think that that would be the best way to play that out. I okay. 
I don't I don't have an issue with it. I don't think as much as you you seem to. I don't know if anybody else has this problem. I I, I let us know. I don't know. I think yeah. Tell us what you think. And then we'll talk about it next episode. We'll say John agrees with Brady, but Bob John's thinks an idiot. Carl's right. <laughs> yeah. Um I I like it's hard to argue with your what what you've put forward for backstepping in character and growth. But you know, like I don't feel like it detracts from the emotional connection. At least I haven't felt until you've kind of laid it out. I haven't ever felt that kind of backstepping character. It's that moment was a bond, like a, a cementing of a bonding between them. Like they were already kind of like uh, by, by the, by the armor, they were already kind of given their, their own clan name of Mudhorn, And it was like a two man clan, Din and Grogu. Uh, but that kind of moment where he takes off his helmet and says, you know, I'm never going to see you again and Grogu goes off with Luke was kind of a cementing of that kind of relationship. And, of and, uh, I think when we pick, when he picks, when, when Grogu chooses to go with Din, go with Din instead of stay with Luke, he knows what he's choosing, Mm -hmm. right? He knows I'm, I'm not only choosing, Din, I'm, I, I'm choosing what Din wants to be and would want for me. Right. Right. Like he's, he's a child quote unquote, but he's, he's been around a while. You know what I mean? He's still a hundred something yeah. years old. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. So we'll have to see how that plays I out. Think, <clears throat> I think it's more <clears throat> the redemption Sorry, excuse me, cough. Uh, the redemption of of Din is as much about Din redeeming himself in the eyes of this group as much as it is making sure that Grogu has a home and a people. Right. And he's not just a, a, a nameless faceless well, well i mean he's gonna have he's gonna be faceless if he sticks with them i guess but he's, he's not gonna he's gonna have he's gonna have a family right that, that he can have his own too as well so it's 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 yeah. kind of a redemption for both of them yeah i still have my hopes i still <clears throat> yeah i i you know. i think i would prefer kind of the mando becoming mandalorian or Mandalore and kind of changing a few of the rules. I think that would be my, uh, uh, what I would prefer for kind of the overarching story. But if it doesn't go that way and he just kind of like, even if, and he just somebody else's Mandalore and nothing changes for him and Grogu in terms of the creed, I'd be okay with that too. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I, it, you know, Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And I am I'm all about a Grogu I'll and Mandalorian armor. I think that would be yeah. bad. Uh and then yeah. so then our episode ends with Bo Katan getting we see 
in this kind of like I don't know. The second you see Bo-Katan's armor fall off in the fight, you're like, oh, okay. Well, that was that's not sucks. subtle. Like that's well, it would, and it also just wasn't subtle. I was like, yeah. okay, that's we're they gonna do something obvious. with that. Like <laughs> that's a moment. And yeah. um, and so yeah, the armor needs to replace Bo-Katan's armor. And um, yeah, she's of asked Grogu's session the therapy session. Yeah, asked asked kind of what sort of uh, insignia she wants. And um, she's like, oh, you you know, I'm assuming you want the night owl. And um, she's like, well, would it be all right if I have a night owl and a mythosaur? And the the armor is like, the mythosaur is like represents all, like basically like, yeah. yeah, Anybody can have it. Mythosaur is super generic, girl. Like, you know, (laughs) I mean, mythosaur means nothing. Right? Some 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 drifter can walk by. Hey, you want a mythosaur thing? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> no qualifications. So, and that's it. That's the end of our episode. Um, not, not that's not that's not it. She tells them she she finally reveals her secret. I think this this is a pretty big moment for Bo Katan here. I guess. You, well, you can't just brush it off. I guess we get we get to delve into her motives and her her psychology her like what she's thinking what she her motives a bit here about what she wants to do potentially yeah right and i think this just kind of hammers home what i've been saying is that she's lost i know that's why i've been ignoring this plot point (laughs) (laughs) you know she she's looking for a place that's home as well i think it spits in the face of what i want (laughs) Well, you don't always get what you want. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time yeah. for her to turn around. But uh, I think this is a really, really cool moment. Like, <laughs> I think the, uh, oh man, she tells the armor and it's almost like the armor blows her off. Ah, you didn't see nothing. <laughs> you didn't see garbage. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you. Oh, you had a vision. No, no, I really saw it. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. On a scale of zero to ten, sir. Oh no, that's not even what we that's do. That's not what we, we do. do Get of out of here. What are you doing? Was episode four a win or a fail for you? <laughs> I I think this is a win for me. Uh the only thing that was really kind of a a loss here. Oh, was the uh was the the weird paintball the scene flip flip. Uh the moment like we were talking, you know, it paid off really well, I think, narratively. But mm-hmm. the the physical, just yeah, the actual prop looked flipping janky. looked jinky. Yeah. yeah, I oh, <laughs> there was one other, one last thing we kind of just skated skated over. They they added a bunch the all three of those little bat foundling th- as foundlings. Oh like, yeah, that was that's cool. There's yeah, I <laughs> in, guess. in the breakdown video I watched, they kind of went into that. Those are um, oh shoot. I should have wrote it down. Those beasts are actually. Uh, so you watched the Clone Wars, sure did, and uh, it wasn't Paz Vizsla because Paz Vizsla's here. Um, Creed Vizsla, something like that, was the leader of Death Watch when we first mm-hmm. start the Mandalorian arc, and he had on his helmet that red insignia that was like a couple claws going up and two or one or two going down. You remember that insignia? Yep. 
Yep. It was like, uh, I'm going to mess the name up here. So I'm just place. This isn't the name people. So if you do know the name, don't rake me over the coals. I'm just using a placeholder. I'm going to say it's like a screech hawk or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it is the symbol that represents that creature that they've seen and fought in this episode, which, which is a creature that Mandalorian culture has kind of used as pets and stuff before and has kind of some, um, reverence for. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of a fun connection there anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was good. I liked it. Uh, I didn't, I'm, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm just, uh, geeking out a little bit harder on it than you and enjoying it more, but yeah, I don't know why, (laughs) why, yeah, you, you seem to be having a lot of issues with this. So, so tell us why you thought this was a lose. (laughs) No, I, I thought it was, I, I, it was still an entertaining, I, I mean, (laughs) I, I think there will be episodes that I take issue with and I'll still give them a win. I think those things are more going to be represented when we reach the end of the season and I give it an overall score. Right. Yeah. So I still, I give it a win. I would give it a win. You still seem to be, I don't know what it is, but you seem to like that whole, um, you know, suspension of disbelief kind of thing with, uh, you know, like the grappling hooks being quiet and stuff. Like you, you're taking some, yeah, I don't know. You're, well, only you're, because I like that moment wouldn't, wouldn't have bothered me if we didn't put the emphasis on stealth. And like, if it had just been, but you then know, you're then maybe these, someone would but, say like, Oh, wouldn't the thing have heard those? But instead of suspending disbelief that the grappling yeah. hooks are, can just be quiet. You're making the assumption that they've got to be loud. Well, cause we hear them. We, they're not. They're not super quiet. Well, anyway, they're not super matter. loud, it's, though. It's, it doesn't matter. It's. I consider this episode <laughs> anyway. a win overall. It was fun. Had some good moments. <laughs> had some great action. It was great to see Ahmed Best. Yes. Yes. Um, I hope we get to see more of him because <clears throat> he's a very cool looking Jedi. He did his the choreography and stuff in that wasn't great, but no. he still he's got he cool looked robes. cool. The, the 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 scenes where he was twirling the lightsabers around, it looked like he fit the part. It, it'd be cool to see him do some actual fight choreography as a Jedi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Okay, that's the episode. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all below. Because... Because, you know, because that's a good thing to, me is just to, to check out. And our Patreon and our, uh, our, our merch page. You know? Yeah. Check them out. And until next time. This is, this the, is way. the way. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. No other way is the way. Just this one. This, this one. This, 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 this is way. the way. <laughs> this way right here. This is it. That's, that that's, that's, that's also the way. the way. But this is the way, too. This is this is more the way. I say the way. That this is the cream of way. <laughs> <laughs> Gross.